ओकृदुंडमाकाय सूर्यकोटिशमप्रभा निर्विघ्न कुरमे दर्वकारु सर्वदा श्री गणेशाय नम ओं गंगणपते नम श्री दुर्गाय नम ओं श्री महाकालेश्वराय नम ओं श्री त्र्यंबकेशराय नम ओं श्री गुरुभ्यो नम ओं श्री भगवते सहजानंद स्वामी महाराजाय नम ओं सर्वंगलमे शिवे सर्वाथसादिके शरण्ये त्र्यंबके गौरीनारायणी नमोस्तुते श्री गुरुभ्यो नम श्रीगुरस्त्र अखंडमंगलाकार व्याप्त येन चराचर तत्पम दर्शित येन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम अज्ञानतिमीराजनशलाकया चक्षुर मिलत तस्म श्रीगुरव नम गुर्ब्रह्मा गुर्विष्णु गुर्देव महेशर गुरव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीगुरस्त्र Welcome to Daily Satsang. We are continuing our exploration, examination and contemplation on the Brahma Tattva. What is the Brahman, the Akshara Brahma? This has been going on for last 4-5 days now. This is a protracted subject even to discuss. It is quite profound. But just as a quick review, the word Brahman means the vast, the infinite, without boundary. everything that is within our purview is within boundary so that evolution of our mind into the realization of the atma the atma is the consciousness that we actually are the knowledge of the self know thyself be aware of the self so what is the self that is the atma that is a discovery that who am i and it begins with the question who am i Am I this body? Am I this mind? Am I these thoughts and feelings and emotions or am I something quite different from all of that? So there are uh two answers to that question. One answer is that I am the body, I am the mind, I am the the soul. With that sense of I am the body, I am the mind, I am my my desires, that oneness with the body, the three bodies, physical, subtle and causal. that is called anvaya swarup jeev nu anvaya swarup in gujarati that means means it means oneness with the three bodies <coughs> the word vetirek means it is separate the actually the jivatma is not um not uh, actually um how can we say it has not become the three bodies it's not like that really they are they are part of the maya tattva whatever whatever maya is it is part of that aspect but the atma tattva is actually quite separate so it is atma satta it is different completely so the realization of this atma is what we are wanting now along those lines the significance of realizing the infinite reality that is the substratum the brahma tattva the akshara tattva within which all of the universes exist how many universes are there infinite there is no end to the uh, universes so akshara brahma is considered to have two forms uh, there is the formless aspect that is called nirakara brahma 
which is what most scriptures talk about. In Vachanamrut, Sajanan Swami Maharaj has talked about also a form, that there is actually a form of the Akshara Brahma in the divine realm. So that's a different matter. We will get to that all later on sometime. Right now, what we know is that we have this form. This physical body is what we see. But at the same time, but at the same time, um, uh, uh, hold on just a second. Hold, hold on just a second. I got a message here from someone. Just a second. Okay, so we're continuing here. So the Brahma Tattva, the word Brahman, as we said before, means vast, infinite. But of course, that is not something that is directly in our purview. Everything we see has a boundary, has a limitation. That is because we are within the <coughs> universe uh, that we can call the Einsteinian universe of space, time, and causality. So I want to explain this a little bit here. We are moving through space with this body. The body also has space. Body exists within space. Mind is that which is also existing within space, but that which is more difficult to understand, how that exists within space. So space, time, and causality is where the mind and the body are in that cause-effect realm of this, of this world. Now, the actual anubhav of the Brahma Tattva, that which is transcendent, that which is beyond space-time causality, is only actually available uh, in samadhi. It is called nirvikalpa samadhi. So samadhi is a state, is a state of mind, it is a, it is a state beyond mind, where there is uh, an evolution of the mind into that superconscious state, into that higher state. So there, there is that kind of realization. And then in that realization, one actually uh, absorbs in that infinite consciousness and realizes that the, uh, that the soul, the Atma and the Brahman are one. So that is Nirvikalpa Samadhi. And Nirvikalpa means what? It means without any disturbance, without any dual thinking. Savikalpa means that there is a duality in thinking. Nirvikalpa means there is no duality of thinking. So the point is that that this type of an evolution of nirvikalpa samadhi where there is great peace and silence and and the experience of the divine or the absorption in the state of the divine this is possible while we're living actually in in the body so uh, this is possible while we are living in the body so while we're living in the body we can experience that same type of joy ananda while we are living inside the body itself so so that that kind of shanti that kind of kind of uh, peace that kind of stability is possible uh, when we have profound faith and great reliance on god on the form of god sakar nishta meaning you take a particular form of god whichever one you are attracted to in any tradition really but the feeling is that that is god so when that feeling is there, like Sri Krishna, Bhagwan Ram, Bhagwan Swaminarayan, Sri Ganesha, whoever it is, in, from the Hindu pantheon we can say, or from other traditions also, when there is a sense that there, that Bhagwan is there, that feeling that God is there, and there is great devotion, great reliance upon God, then the mind begins to experience great stability, integration. It is a type of samadhi without samadhi. Yogic Samadhi is where all of the energies and, 
and mind and thought and emotion are concentrated uh, using the eightfold process and then the Sahasrara Chakra opens, one goes into Nirvikalpa Samadhi. So there is that state of realization. But it is also possible to have the same realization without the Chakra Sahasrara opening as such, but there is an, it is a realization through Jnana. So it is, in some sense it opens, but in another sense it's not like a yogic sense. It's a more uh, intuitive um, inner realization through wisdom. So that type of a bridge, it's the same thing, but it's a little different in the sense that one may not experience something extraordinary beyond, but one may have that same realization, vision, uh, clarity. It's like, an, it's like a clear understanding of that, which gives the same profound experience. It's something like that. So that's a little bit of a more technical issue, which I won't go into here. But the fact of the matter is that in our life right now, the expansion of our mind is what we're looking for. You know, we want to expand our mind. We want to develop our mind further, our, our energies further. And that requires the combination of all powers. That's why we say Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, Mahasaraswati. The three goddesses that are the forms of the main Mool Prakriti. What are they actually? They are the powers within the Prakriti that are available for us. If we are connected with, with, those, with the divine power of God, then we can do so many things in this world for the benefit of the world, for, for our benefit, other benefits. And then, and then that same power has to integrate in the right way. So, for example, there is a link between all three of these. You know, that the Mahasaraswati and the Mahalakshmi, how they're linked together, that they complement each other. All three of them complement each other. One may have, for example, wealth of some certain type let's say financial wealth, but if the intelligence is not there, how to use that for the, for the right way, then one can wind up harming others, harming oneself, or may not even know how to use it at all. You know, so that's a possibility. Now, one may have a great deal of intellectual uh, knowledge and understanding and so many things, but at the same time, but at the same time, one may not know, one may not, one may not have enough physical wealth. So in that situation, that wealth follows the Mahasaraswati. This is interesting that the Saraswati Tattva is such that Lakshmi Tattva follows Saraswati. But Lakshmi Tattva is such, Saraswati Tattva doesn't necessarily follow Lakshmi Tattva. It can. If it does, it's the most beautiful thing. Then they complement each other. And then the, the Mahakali Tattva destroys ignorance from within the mind. So the point of the matter, the, the point here is that these three, Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, Mahasaraswati, they combine together to open the doorway into the Brahma Tattva. That is the whole point, into the Akshara Tattva. They combine together, meaning that all of our internal world that we're living in, the actions we have, the desires we have, these things we become aware of and we realize that the, there, are, there, are, uh, there are aspects of our desires that need to be transformed and destroyed. That is Mahakali. There are aspects of our life that need more growth and more understanding. That is Mahasaraswati. And then there, are, there is the, the development of energy and power overall. That is Mahalakshmi. So when the, when the three combine together, they evolve. The, the energies within us evolve and the broad view, 360 degree vision occurs. That 360 degree vision is the same thing as opening of the Sahasrara Chakra, Agnaya Chakra, Sahasrara Chakra. It is a greater vision. It is a greater vision of seeing one's life from all aspects. 
many times we're seeing in a very narrow way. But when the vision broadens further and further and further, then at that point, there is a much greater realization all the way around so that, there, so that the clarity begins to dawn from every angle. We can see, for example, that there are many, many aspects to um, so many things in life, that there are many aspects to um, the type of um, experiences we have. But any experience we have must be looked at in a must be looked at in a very very broad way, and if it is not looked at in a broad way, then it will be a very limited way of trying to experience life. So the broader the vision, the greater the freedom. This is the point. While we're living in this world, when we say that I am the Brahman, so hum, I am Atma Brahma. This this Upanishad has six Mahavakyas. So so hum, I am that. What am I? I am that Atma. I am that consciousness that is that is vast and unlimited and pure and divine. And I am not this limited being with all the confusion. So, so the confusion, the distortion, the limitation, that is not me. So this differentiation between the Atma and the Anatma, according to Vachanamrutam, Sajanan Swami Maharaj, Bhagwan Swami Narayan, he said that the more attachment you have towards Ishta Devata, your chosen deity, to that extent, this differentiation occurs. It's a very practical thing to understand. Even Adi Shankaracharya Ji has talked about bhakti, that bhakti is a foundation for jnana. So that's, you will see that this, there's a similarity in the, in the teaching there. And this is experiential. More than anything else in our life, what is our experience that we want to get to that realization, so hum, this is a mantra. This is a Vedic mantra. It is a mantra. Soham, Soham, Shivoham, Shivoham. I am Shiva. I am that consciousness. Soham. That is a mantra. So, so that's a sound vibration. It is a mantra that takes the mind and 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 um, connects it with the Brahma Tattva. It's a connector, but it is also a Mahavakya. Mahavakya means one sentence, one word, or one phrase that has infinite truth within it. That is called Mahavakya. So there are six Mahavakyas. Soham tattvam asi, thou art that. Thou art not this, but thou art that. And when the, So that evolution, that wisdom dawns. Gnana is wisdom. It's not information. Information is just information. It's, the, it's, it's quantitative information. Jnana is wisdom. It is the clarity, the proper vision to see things as they are from all sides and particularly seeing things as they are for oneself. <clears throat> you know, so to be able to see things as they are for oneself is the key in one's life. So there is something called Vyashtideha. Vyashtideha means personal self. So if I see myself, my desires, my thoughts, my experiences, my actions, whatever I have done, whatever I'm doing, if I see myself in that as it is without bias, without distortion, without my ego interfering to see myself clearly, that is the doorway to the Atma. The Atma is not something that anybody can realize until one can see clearly without bias or distortion <clears throat> one's entire mental structure. So the mental structure has the five parts, thoughts, emotions, memory, desire, energy. When we look at our internal life, what do I see? I see so many memories, so many people have come and gone, so many, so much is, is the content within the mind. 
I see that it is there. But I am not, not stuck in the mind. That realization that I am free from the content of the mind, I am not entangled in the, in the mind like a, web, like a, like a bug that is, that is trapped inside a web. No, I am not stuck inside there. I am different from that. That is Vitirek Swarup of, of the Atma. That is Soham Tattva Masita. Who am I? I am the same as that Brahman. The substance is the same. I am not stuck inside the content of my experiences. The experiences are there. They are continuously being recorded in the brain. But who am I? I am, I am an evolved being. So, so that, that evolution occurs when the Guru Tattva plays the role. The Guru Tattva becomes active from inside, always. It becomes active from inside when we are able to perceive that the me, that the, the sense of me, that this is such in my memories, my thoughts, my desires, my this, my that. All such things are actually like waves in the ocean. They're there, but they're not there. They're there, but they come and go, come and go, come and go. They, so who, what is that ocean? That is the Brahman. Who am I? I am, I am the observer of all of the experiences. I am the one who is experiencing the experience. Now to get to that stage, Tremendous devotion. As I mentioned before, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday, the divinization of the inner, inner world. We live in an inner world, right? We have thoughts. Do we think? Yes. But what are we thinking? We th if we think in terms of the three gunas of maya, sattvagun, rajagun, tamagun, then that is what we will be. But if the thoughts evolve beyond that into what is called brahmachintan, that, oh, I want to contemplate on the scriptures and the lives of the great sages and the charitras of the incarnations. If I'm thinking on that in that way, then the mind will resonate with that. Whatever the mind is thinking about, it will become that. And that will be our experience. It's as simple as that. And so the mind, see, Amrut Bindu Upanishad says, Man eva manushanam karanam bandha moksha yoho. Amrut Bindu Upanishad has 36 verses only. It is an extraordinary Upanishad. It's Amrut Bindu, drops of nectar. And what is it saying? That one's own thoughts and emotions and in our inner world, the mind, mana, man eva, manushanam, for every human being, the mind is the cause of his own bondage. There's no, nobody else that is binding us except, them, except us. And if we want to be unbound or we want to experience certain, certain reality in life, Veda the mantras are there, the Upanishads are there, it, the um, Puranas are there. are many ways of experiencing what we want to experience further in the world, in this material world. And then, so, so the Vedas, the Veda mantras, give us the more enhanced experience of the, of the waking state, dream state, and also of the, th of the three lokas. But Vedanta takes us beyond that. It's the end portion of the Veda, that is where this Brahma Tattva comes into play. That that which is beyond, that which is transcendent to the material world, that which is beyond all of the dualities of the material world, that is called Vedanta. <coughs> so the Veda and Vedanta, what is the difference? Veda is that which is Traigunya Vishaya Veda, Bhagavad Gita. The Sattvagun, Rajagun, Tamogun, the three gunas of Maya are the subject of the Veda, believe it or not. You know, Vedas are actually describing what is Maya and they will give you the experiences of the waking state, dream state, deep sleep state and the experiences of the 14, <coughs> 14 lokas. <coughs> but Vedanta is the end point where, yes, you may experience the highest level of 
level of material um, experience. But then it says, even after experiencing that, go to the Vedanta. Vedanta is what? Go to the infinite. Even, even <clears throat> if someone is the king of one million galaxies, not just king of the earth, somebody is the king of the cluster of galaxies. That's it. You know, they have these cosmic clusters. So what? That's a very small thing compared to the infinite. You see? So in Akshara Brahma, in, within one, one speck of Akshara Brahma, there are infinite universes. So if somebody is the king of a cluster, king or a queen of a cluster of galaxies, that is 10,000 galaxies. So what? That's just a drop in the ocean of infinity. It's not a big thing. It seem, it's relatively big, yes. Relatively, we can't even imagine it, probably, from where we are. But from the point of view of Akshara Brahma, it's, not, it's nothing. It's just the tiniest little thing. It's a droplet. Not even a droplet. So it's relative. When the Jivatma is so evolved into the higher, higher, higher realm, there is so much opening into the, into the higher dimensions, step by step by step from the 14 lokas onwards, all the way up to the Akshara Brahma and the Parabrahma Tattva which we're, we're going to talk about, that's why I'm mentioning it briefly here. There's so much opening that occurs that the sadhaka is flooded with joy, is flooded with mystery, is flooded with mystical, re, mystical reality. So the mystical realization begins to occur, and there's so much to be said about it, obviously. But nonetheless, the fact of the matter, <coughs> fact of the matter <coughs> is, that, is that we... Who we are, once we begin to realize the binding nature of our mind, and then the freeing nature, man eva manushanam karanam bandha mokshayoho. The karanam meaning it is the cause. What is the cause? The, when the mind becomes the cause of its own freedom, that is the guru tattva entering into the mind. Guru reva param brahma tasmai shri guru venamaha. Guru tattva becomes active inside, mind becomes free. Human being becomes free. If the Agnan is there, Guru Tattva is not active, one is bound again and again in ignorance. One is bound again and again within the realm of Maya. Within, just revolving again and again, again and again. And that revolution is called reincarnation, metopsychosis or transmigration. So there are many ways of trying to understand that. The point of the matter is simply that we have an extraordinary opportunity through the Sanatana Dharma you know, I don't like to use the word Hinduism. We can use the word Hinduism. But in reality, these scriptures, there's not a single scripture where the word Hindu is there or the word ism is there. This is an idea given by the Western uh, uh, people, Western philosophers or whoever they were. They could use the word Hindu and the British use that word and all that. That word is not there anywhere in the scriptures. So there's no ism. It's not one particular viewpoint. And in uh, and there is no word like Hindu also. The, the best way to describe the tradition is Vedic tradition. The, now the more popular expression is Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana means the eternal Dharma. Dharma means what? Dharma means Sad Acharan, how to live life, how to think, how to retune yourself. That is not about a sectarian approach. It is universal. It's like chemistry or biology or physics or medical science. You cannot say that, that it is part of just one group of people. It is universal. Similarly, the knowledge of Vedanta, Ved Vedanta, is universal to everybody. It has nothing to do with any sect or any particular group of people. It is universally present for all. 
and that is the glory of the akshara brahma that is the glory of a true sadguru that is the glory of the scriptures of the sanatana dharma and that is the glory of the evolution from within into that state of nijatmanam brahma rupam dehatraya vilakshanam vibhavite na kartavya bhaktihi krishnasya sarvada the ultimate state of realization where one is the brahma in brahma bhav brahma swarupa bhav when you are in that state and in that liberated state one is in the devotional service of god as per vishishta advaita all right so that is uh, one way to look at all of this uh, we will continue this further tomorrow uh, just one or two more points i just want to just quickly mention that the concept of maya which we have not touched too much upon one of the interpretations is that very quickly i'll just mention a couple of points that Maya can be considered to be a special power of the Akshara Brahma. Sometimes it is considered that way. Some in Advaita Vedanta, it is considered in the Vachanamrut, it is considered to be the power of Parabrahma. The Parabrahma is the supreme Lord, actually, with sakar with form, not male or female, but that's God actually, and that uh, is uh, one of the powers of God is this Maya. So that is one way to look at it. Uh, it is. Uh, it depends on the sampradaya, depending on the approach taken. whatever maya may be whatever it is it will be helpful for us and beneficial for us if our intention is to realize god then everything aligns in the right way all we have to do is set the intention if sachin sets the intention that i want to reach the parmatma the whole of prakriti the whole of humanity the whole of reality will help me to reach that realization and if i don't want that and if i'm running after simply the experiences of the material world then i will then the material world will uh, will bind me it will also it will still keep running after me but in a binding manner there's two ways that uh, that the prakriti runs after the individual it runs after the jiva to bind the jiva for the for, because the jiva wants to be bound and it and it runs after the jiva to free the jiva see the maya works both ways it can bind the individual and it can free the individual it depends on where we are that is where the guru tattva is most essential the gurus are showing us how to be unbound to go into the higher realization and without without guru tattva there it is nothing but bondage there is no evolution of any kind that's why we say matru devo bhava guru devo bhava pitru devo bhava acharya devo bhava right from childhood so many gurus are there without gurus there is no evolution dhyana mulam gurur murti mantra mulam gurur vakyam puja mulam gurur padam moksha mulam gurur krupa without guru tattva nothing is possible then then there is only a state of ignorance so guru tattva is everything for the jivatma to evolve into the brahmic state ultimately and so there's very interesting to keep this in mind maya maya can be thought of in two ways one is the binding aspect if one who is running after the experiences of prakriti it the prakriti will run after that jiva and bind the first and further 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 and one who is saying to maya i want to be unbound into the higher realization maya will say okay no problem you know if that's what you want then the maya will support you that mahalakshmi mahakali mahasaraswati all of the forms of the goddess they support the individual for the jivatma to make that journey into the higher realization it all goes back to what we want what is our desire what is our intention it goes back to all such things and that is the foundation of all sadhana also that is the foundation of all growth in life it is always desire it is always me what is it that i want and so on that basis we will continue this tomorrow